0: hey art breakers welcome back to another breakdown bonus episode i'm here with lexi hello hello we're gonna be breaking down the main episode that i put this week and just because i will probably reference a lot of the sensitive topics that came up in that main episode be sure to check content warnings just because i'm sure they're gonna come up at some point and we covered a lot of ground like there there was a lot of trauma to unpacking this in this story so because the main topic for the main episode was basically about how an exterior circumstance could really pressure someone into maybe staying into a relationship that they shouldn't be in in the main episode that's specifically someone's religious affiliation on top of a lot of other things but Me and Lexi are going to be going through a list of some really popular exterior circumstances that you might relate to, that you might know somebody else who is in a relationship sort of like that, where maybe it's family pressures or religious pressures or financial pressures keeping them in a relationship. Obviously, it should go without saying that we're not talking about like actual abusive relationships and why somebody would stay in those. That's a completely different topic. This is just more for like the average, somewhat toxic or maybe just regular relationship. But before we get into that, real excited that we're throwing a breakup breakdown brunch in September in Atlanta ATL. Those tickets are going to be $50 plus fees and taxes, all that stupid stuff, but it covers the price of your brunch. So you're basically just paying for brunch and then, you know, a little, little ticket to go with it for a little live show that we're going to do. So it's going to be great can't wait okay so let's get into it the main point of contention with this main episode was talking about how exterior circumstances can influence you to stay in a relationship so this was a religious couple and i felt like what well, it feel like she literally said that she was staying in the marriage because in christianity you're not really supposed to go through a divorce unless they've cheated on you or if it's like an abusive relationship whether that be emotional or physical and so she's mm-hmm. like, I literally can't get out of this marriage because there's no biblical way for me to divorce you. And so I thought it'd be interesting to talk about a big list that I found on a website of just like the top 20 ways people stay in relationships. Let's just go through the list now and have ourselves a time. Okay, so the, the first was religious pressure. The second was cultural pressure. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like we've talked to a lot of people on the podcast who were like, well, nobody else in my family got divorced or right. they told me I shouldn't divorce them. So I was just like, well, I'm not going to get divorced.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, like the second you brought this topic up to me, the first thing I thought of was in Kelsey Ballerini's intro to rolling up the welcome mat when she says, I'm blowing up my life, but I'm standing by the crater. And cultural, social and religious pressure, it's like it breaks the norm of what you think you're supposed to do when you get in this happy marriage. And A lot of people worry about all those things like, you know, it's like people are worried that they're going to blow up their life if they make this decision. But they're not they're they're not happy where they're at or they don't want to be where they're at so it's like you know you have all these oppressors of all these things you know I, I know a couple of people who have recently gone through divorces and you know my one friend is going through a divorce right now and she has stayed very close with like her ex's family and she's like the hardest part is you know i never wanted to lose them mm-hmm. through the proper even though i wasn't happy being married to their son and you know it took a while for their relationship to get there you know when everything was messy and all of those things but like they're like two years post-divorce and she's like, you know, I'm just, I'm just being able to hang out with them as if they were still my siblings. You know, I didn't want to lose them. I didn't want to lose the relationships I had with them. You know, she has a horrible relationship with her mom. Her mother-in-law was always like a mom to her and she's like, I didn't want to lose that. So, like, I stayed in a marriage way longer than I should because I didn't want to, like, blow up everything that was going good for me in my life
0: well that to me is a huge part of what marriage is it's like a the blending of two families and I was just watching an an episode of Sex in the City where I think Carrie was dating some guy that she was not into but she's like "I, I like love his mom his mom is so great it's when you decide to break it up you're not just breaking up your marriage you're breaking off A part of the family, so I'm the type of person that also is like a big rule follower. So I'm a part of something, whether it be like a a family that has just a history of like we don't divorce in this family. That's not us. You stick out in that marriage no matter what, or whether it's religious pressure or where I come from. I am so bad about like I'm just going to stick it out no matter what. But I was reading a novel that really made me think about how dumb rules are. Like they're literally just like things that we have made up so for example i'm reading this novel it's called fourth wing if you haven't read it it's amazing it's like a fantasy novel but there's this one character that will not break the rules even if it means the betterment of society the betterment of like helping out your friends and the whole novel is basically i mean not the whole novel but a big portion of it is just kind of like showing what happens when you sort of dive into like the morally gray areas of life and so i think it's like a huge learning lesson of listening back to the episode and hearing her talk about our shared faith I'm like man it is kind of dumb that like you were so unhappy in that marriage but you couldn't leave unless you
1: felt like you had a reason I think it's good sometimes to check out the gray area And think about like all those times where it's like, I've said this to my ex. You know, it's like me and my ex have been on and off like a million times. And I've said to her, like, you know, we can do this. We can go around the block as many times as you want. But like the second, like we've talked about getting engaged like previously. And I've said I'm like, but the second, like the second we get engaged, like I'm not doing this again because like I only want that to happen once. And Mm -hmm. once I'm married, like a minute for the long haul. But how many times do you hear that? And you know, sometimes you say that it's like, oh, well, like I only wanted to do this one time. So it's like, I don't want to go through that. I don't want to go through all that divorce. And, you know, some people, unfortunately, their families have been through those divorces. So they're like, I'm, I never want to be in a situation that my parents were in or like, you know, I come from a my parents have been married for 35 years, you know, and I just recently found out like my mom and I just had this talk because we have these conversations with our parents and they're like oh we'll just block your ex on social media and you're like you don't get it social media wasn't the thing back when you were dating and I didn't know this but like the guy my mom dated before my dad like cheated on her was on and off with her was so horrible to her and I had no idea any of these things and my dad was previously engaged and like you know it's like I just this whole time thought that they didn't come from these bad relationships and they just got married and it was perfect for 35 years and my parents are like no we just like found each other after the struggles and like you know so but that's the thing it's like I also have a friend right now who. just recently got out of engagement and she's so scared to tell people that she's been previously engaged because she's like he took that moment from me and I'm like well you know what the next guy who wants to marry you isn't going to care but it's mm-hmm. still like you know it's the norm of being like well I said I only wanted to do it once I, I gave vows I had a wedding you know and sometimes it does ruin things for the second person it's like I have a friend who's dating someone who's been previously married and she's always wanted a wedding and he's like I already did it all you know no I it's funny that you say it he took that
0: moment from me because it's Especially with social media, it is such a moment for even mm-hmm. just like the random people that have been following you since high school. I mean, that's been the whole like premise of this podcast is you see that. I was going to say it's why your podcast <laughs> Well, literally, like you, you see that girl from algebra get engaged and then they break up and it's like this whole... Like, why is it so taboo? Like, wouldn't you rather have them break up an engagement rather than go through with the whole marriage and then go through a divorce? And then, then, then you're really wanting them on the podcast. You're like, what's this messy divorce tea? I f- I follow this girl from high school, and I really want to DM her at some point. But she had like this whole fairy tale wedding when we were pretty young, and then I guess they got divorced because now she's getting married again. But but I here's the thing: I know when I DM those types of people, I'm I can already predict that the story is well. We knew we should have broken up before the wedding, but there was just all this pressure. Yeah, it sucks that the the ring makes it all of a sudden feel like you've already signed the marriage license. I mean, I get there's obviously like money involved when it comes to a wedding. But if you've gotten engaged and you have the ability to say, wait a second, maybe we need to press pause. Maybe it would be better to lose 5K or whatever. Then.
1: Oh, yeah. Then however oh, about about divorce. And it's like what comes from marriage? You know, it's like you, you sign up, like you get engaged, you have the big wedding and then you start to make all these other plans. You know, it's like I like have. I mean, some people just like you're like, well, we just bought a house together and like, oh, well, we just did. We just had our first baby. And like, You stay for all these reasons, but it's like you have to piece things back together no matter what. And I feel like, you know, sometimes figuring out, okay, what do we do about the house and what do we do about our kids and stuff like that are maybe even easier decisions when it's all said and done than being like, okay, well, how are we going to make this work? Rather than how it's once we decide it's not working, what do we do from there? Like what's easier? You know? Yeah. Well, okay. so
0: going off, because that's another thing that's on the list, people who choose to stay in a marriage for the kids. I feel like I've heard from so many kids of parents who like held on to their marriage like we would have rather them divorced rather than be miserable.
1: One of my closest guy friends, he says all the time, he's like, his parents are like miserable together. And he says all the time, he's like, I just like wish my dad would walk away. It would be better for my mom. It would be better for my dad. And he's felt this way since I've known him. I've never heard the parents even talk about divorce, but like he says it all the time. So it's like, I think, are you hurting or hindering staying together for the kids? It's like, let's stay together for the kids. But like... Are you hurting or hindering those relationships? You have to decide what does that mean you're staying for the kids. It's better
0: for you guys to what, live under the same roof? I mean, I, I don't think, I think it's met with really good intentions. You want to stay together to be a family unit, but also like it's possible to have a very healthy co-parenting situation where your kids will then have the opportunity to see you guys both in healthier relationships. I mean, I am very pro like try and work it out, but I mean, if it's just toxic, then maybe it's time to press the reset button.
1: Yeah, I only really support staying together for the kids if you're going to do it in the healthy ways, if you're going to like seek therapy, if you're going to do it, work it out. I mean, ultimately, it's like they say, like, is love enough? It's like, no, it's not like commitments enough and like choosing your partner and choosing to like stick out the battles and stuff like that. I do think all like all things are fixable, but like at the same time, it's like, you know, sometimes the fix is to walk away. Stay for the kids, but also you have to make the decision that you should want to stay for yourself as well.
0: But we're having that be in a healthy way. Another thing that I feel like I see a lot in dating relationships, not specifically for people who are married. I feel like a lot of the reasons people stay in just regular dating relationships is for a mix of validation and emotional security. OK, well, the alternative is
1: me being single. And so even though this isn't really great, at least it's somebody. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. And I've, I've fallen guilty to that. A million times, it's like anytime I go through a breakup and I like get back on the dating apps or something like that, I'm like, oh, this is like exhausting. And I'm finding myself like missing. And I'm like, what am I even missing? You know, like I'm missing my ex, but like it, I can confidently say that my ex doesn't carry any of the things I want in our relationship. And you know, it's like, but. I had somebody. Yeah, because the good you remember the good things. Like, I just went out with somebody
0: and I was having, oh my gosh, I was having like the world's most boring conversation. We're sitting there, we're going back and forth. And I just, even though I wouldn't choose to be with this person, if they showed up on my doorstep and said, I would like to be in a relationship. I'd be like, hell no. But I was like, oh, I just, you just remember being in the similar situation, being at a bar with them and you're just riffing, having amazing conversation and laughing. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I kind of miss them. Like, maybe right. so bad. I wish
1: they were sitting across the table from me right now not this guy from hinge i feel like sometimes like in past relationships like you you think about the good times but you also think of like you know once you've had good times with people it's like like you've seen the top potential of that situation so people say like oh well you're in love with the potential of like what could be it's because you've seen a little bit of that but it's like you have to date i mean we talk about this all the time so you have to date where they're their reality it's like I always spend big chunks of time with my ex, but like I know she's not that person anymore. I- I'm dating the potential of you maybe changing back, but, you know, it's like people change and then they don't necessarily change back. They change again. They really do be masking. They really do be masking.
0: OK, another one I want to talk about is financial benefits. I was faced with we were talking about this at while I was on vacation. My parents and I were talking about like, would I ever marry for money if it came down to it? And I was like, no, 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 like if you marry for money, you'll work every single day for the rest of your life. And then literally, I kid you not, I looked to my right and this guy had been like lurking in on our conversation and my mom waves him over. And it turns out this guy is like a 36-year-old CEO with a private jet and like homes all across the country. I I, and I was
1: kind of like, wait a second, wait a second, should I consider this? murder? I actually only know one person that you and I both know if you could think about this. I'm not going to mention it on the that podcast. Married for, that married for money? For I've always said his wife is the worst, but the family is loaded, which is why they're together. You know what I'm talking about? If not, we'll talk off, off the podcast. Wait, can you text me right now? <laughs> Wait, are you gonna edit this?
0: Who is it? It's finally not a miserable temperature outside, which only means one thing. Summer is coming up. And let's make one thing clear. There is Hibernation Abbey and there is Summer Abbey. And Summer Abbey likes to feel light and healthy. That's why I've been trying out meals from Factor. They've got meals shipped to your house that are super easy to heat up in a jiffy. And you're probably like, ew, a refrigerated meal that must be so unhealthy and gross? No, I can confirm these are delicious. And they have so many different options like calorie smart, keto, protein plus, or vegan veggie. You can also add on more than 60 add-ons every single week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. You get chef-prepared meals on the table in two minutes with Factors ready-to-eat meals so you can get back to doing what you love this spring and you don't have to clean anything up. Head to Factormeals.com Breakup50 and use code BREAKUP50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code BREAKUP50 at Factormeals.com BREAKUP50 to get 50% off your first box plus off your next box while your subscription is active. If you're like me, and the second you get home from work, you are ravenous. You are going to love these new meals I've been trying out from Factor. Factor has delicious, ready to eat meals that you can make in two minutes with pre prepared, chef crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. It's so convenient. I have like grocery store ADHD. Anytime I go to like Publix or something, I'm buying everything and then I come home with no meals. Whereas Factor, it's all the meal prep done for you. You've got 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. If you want to get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go, head to factormeals.com breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com breakup50 to get 50%. off. Eating better is just one of the things that makes me feel better. And you know what also makes me feel better? Not having to clean up my kitchen when I just want to eat. This living alone thing is great until you realize you're responsible for all the cooking and cleaning around the apartment. And something that's been really helpful for me around mealtime is Factor's delicious, ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You've got over 35 different options to choose from each week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and and keto. Each meal takes about two minutes to heat up, and there are so many yummy options like pancakes, smoothies, and more. Also, you know I love an afternoon snack, and there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor's also super flexible, so if you want to pause and skip for a couple of weeks, you can totally do that. Head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com breakup fifty to get 50% off.
1: Oh, no, he You're loves her. I her. I no, no. But remember, I told you that everyone used to say she was the worst, but he married her for money. Yeah. No, he <laughs> loves her. He posts her <laughs> all, all the time. No, I don't know anybody specifically, but I do know that whether you marry for money or not, you build financial things together. Yes. Well, it's like, again, I keep reverting back to the Kelsey Ballerini thing, but it's like she bought their house and like he at the time was making more money, but now she's making more money. And like, think about that. You know, it's like it's like sometimes you build you build such financial things together. It's like how many people have gotten like their big break job to support their family because they now have a family. And then it's like, okay, well, now they're getting a divorce and, you know, my one friend, her parents are divorced and she doesn't talk to her dad and her mom's really financially struggling and her dad's like this big asshole who makes like six figures and doesn't help pay for school. And she's like, if I would, if my parents would have just worked it out and stayed together. I mean, unfortunately, that happens. Sometimes your financial situations change in a marriage and then you're like, oh, well, you know, oh, 100 percent.
0: I mean, for the good and the bad. I mean, how many people have left because then the financial situation starts to get really difficult. It's real easy to leave when the bank account is low.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. And it's also real easy to leave when the bank account's high. I have previously like said I was really good to my ex, but I'm like, you know, if she want a million dollars tomorrow, she'd probably be like, bye. And I'm not even loaded to be supporting her. It's oh, like Well, it's easy to leave when your bank account is high or
0: if you marry them yeah. and before their bank account was high and then you take as much money as you can in the divorce. <laughs>
1: Yeah, literally. And that's the thing. It's like if you, your husband strikes rich while you're married to him, it's even harder to leave him. Well, no. So we were talking to the CEO with the
0: private jet that I just talked about wanting to marry for money. Jokingly, obviously, he had just gone through a divorce and his wife was like a very successful professional, but she was the one to divorce him because he said that he couldn't like give her quality time or something like that and um she took like a bunch of like a, a ton of money on on her way out another thing that I feel like keeps people in dating relationships I feel because I feel like it's just a given if you're married you live together but I feel like if you're dating somebody and you're living together It is very, very easy to drag out the breakup.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. And there's, like, a lot of factors. There's, like, like lease. Like, you're locked in a lease. Sometimes you're, like, jobs. There's a lot of factors. And, like, I know a couple of couples who have, like, been living together and they've been, like, oh, we're done. But, like, I I can't get out of the living situation. So then they've ended up just, like, getting Yeah, well, it's just it makes it so
0: difficult, especially if it's a toxic situation, because I can't remember. It was a couple months ago, but I had a friend that was talking to me about like her boyfriend just broke up with her out of nowhere. And so she had to leave. You know what I mean? Like, where do you go? You don't have any fight or legal protections if you're not bound to somebody by marriage. It, I'm not saying don't live together, but it's also very very risky, especially if that person's name on the name is on the lease or if they own the house and you don't. Okay, another one that I think is interesting, and I've only heard this once on the podcast. I can't remember what specific episode it is. They felt responsible for their partner in some way i can't remember if it was because of their mental health or because whatever but they were like i felt like i was the only person that could take care of them or i was the only person who could be there for them so i felt almost like i had to be in this relationship because i was worried what would happen if i left
1: yeah and i've, I've mentioned this on the podcast before it's like granted my ex was not married to her ex but, you know, it's it took that breakup a little while. And I was like, why would you say if like you knew like X, Y and Z? And she's like, well, she, like she doesn't have much, you know, like she didn't have anywhere to go. Like I really like got her out of a dark place. Well, and I, I literally said I was like, if you don't want to be there, you're ultimately hurting her more by sticking around, even though like she might be in a shitty situation. If you're choosing to not be with someone at their lowest, then you're you're already like you don't need their support at that point like you know but at the same time some people do stay for bad reasons or I mean in situations like you mentioned earlier it's like of grief it's like well you know I've been wanting out of this relationship for a while but so-and-so just passed away in their life so like how do I leave now oh yeah if it's like whether it's your life or somebody or your partner's
0: life I don't want to leave them after their dog just died or I don't want to Leave now while I'm
1: grieving. Like, I need somebody, somebody's shoulder to cry on. Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, that's another thing, too. Sometimes you can hold on to people just because, like, things are shitty in your life right now, but it's like, are you holding on to them for the wrong reasons? Or, you know, even, even not that shitty in your life. Some people just don't want to be alone. Oh, 100%. Well, I feel like it's so hard to be alone, especially if you've been in a committed
0: relationship for a long period of time, or even if it's like a short period of time. I'm always very hesitant to commit to really anybody because it always kind of feels like oh, I have this weird analogy and this is going to sound so dumb but to me getting into a relationship is sort of like a game of musical chairs where like when you're standing for a while it's kind of fine like you're having a little party you can go wherever you want you and go from chair to chair and then you find a chair that you really like and then you, you sit down on the chair <laughs> this is a great analogy is this okay is this a good analogy and then you sit down on the chair and then sometimes The chair just fucking wiped out from under you, and you're like, "Well, now I gotta stand again." Like I was really comfortable. Or you decide to leave the chair, but you don't know when you're gonna get another chair next. So honestly, sometimes it's just easier to just stand on your feet and bop around until you see. No, you're gonna get the chair next. Exactly. 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 Okay, so it's down it's to dumb analogy, but that's how yeah, I. We need to draw a diagram and like we need to explain this to the world. And putting this, I'm putting this on Instagram somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, so that's how I feel to where I feel like I'm almost too avoidant, where I'm like, I don't want to feel things for you. Because once I start feeling things for you, I have to recognize and be faced with how nice it is to feel feelings for someone. And then it just, yeah, it's wow, this is really turning into my therapy session (laughs) i really love it okay i think i have a couple more two more maybe oh yeah so we kind of already talked about this with potential but i feel like if they look really good on paper like if they want want the same things out of life that you do and i just went through this so i had been seeing a guy for a couple of dates should have cut it off after date two but i was like i should like him because we both like to do this. And we both like to do vacations the same way. And I mean, it sounds really stupid when you speak it out loud, but I was like, I should like him because our life could be really good. And he's financially stable and he wants the same things. And paper, but I did not want to touch that man with a 10
1: foot pole. Mm -hmm. And that that's like that is a very, very, very huge factor. And, you know, also like people change. I think all the time, me and my ex the first time around we wanted all the same things but like then we didn't see each other for two years we've also changed so much that even though we still want the same things like we're different people now and that's the thing it's like good on paper but like you know sometimes you always want what you can't have and sometimes you always like attract differently than what you're used to or what you want. And, you know, my mom used to say it to me in high school when I would like the people and I'd be like, yeah, like X, Y, and Z. And my mom's like, you know, like not everybody's going to check every box, but like what are are the big things that are important to you and do they hold those values, you know? Yeah. Yeah. To me, the biggest thing and something that I'm not really willing to force
0: anymore is I do want to have that chemistry. And I think I was having a conversation with a couple of like older married people while I was on vacation and they're like, Well, maybe you should you should look for the guys who are just really nice. And you know I mean, like, you know, that conversation where they're basically like, give people a chance. And I'm like, actually, no, (laughs) like you don't seem very happy in your relationship. And maybe it's because you went for chemistry and that's why you're saying it. But I actually think I think chemistry and attraction is is so important because at the end of the day, if you don't like someone, do you still want to bang them. I think (laughs) you're. I mean, you you should have shared values for sure, and like, it, you should want the same things out of life. But I don't know. I think I'm I'm kind of sick of people telling me I should just not <laughs> like that.
1: That that's not important. No, it's totally important. Oh, it's just crazy because everybody has like such different opinions about it. But like, I mean, when you know, you know, with people, and when you don't, you don't. I mean, granted, not really into guys in these days, but like, there was this guy I dated for a while, like years ago, and. Yeah. I can't say one bad thing about him. And I would be taken care of for the rest of my life. I would be adored for the rest of my life. Literally treated me like a queen, but it wasn't there. You know, you like women like it's again, that's something. you, Yeah. And I'm also not even talking about like specifically
0: like sexual orientation or even the way somebody looks like I was just having a conversation today with a friend about a guy that I definitely had that initial spark with. But he he wasn't like um. I think when people think that your standards are super high for what someone looks like, they think you are going to end up with like Henry Cavill or something. I'm like, this guy was not Henry Cavill. But yeah, our chemistry was so like, I thought he was very cute. And our chemistry was so sexy that I was
1: like, damn, like this guy could get it any day. (laughs) Yeah. But I even hate the thing of like your standards are too high or standards too high. If you feel it, you feel it. And you usually go for it if you feel it. And it's like, you know, I could say, like, Mr. or Mrs. Perfect's right in front of me. But if I don't feel it, then my standards aren't too high. They're not meeting the standards of me being like, I can hear the bells. Uh, I can hear the bells. Well,
0: also, I just I think when it comes to the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with, theoretically, if that's something you want in a long term committed monogamous relationship, putting out the disclaimers there, um, I think you should have high standards for that person. You're going to spend literally 100%. not every waking moment with them, but you're going to spend like a, a lot of time with them. So yeah, literally. Um, I think I, I think it's good to have high standards, but that's just my personal opinion in this little tangent that we've gone off on. Um, really, I think that's my list. I can't think Lexi, can you think of any other exterior circumstances that would keep people together other than No, making- I mean I
1: think I think we covered a lot of it. I think the biggest thing though is like, you know, I always say like at the end of the day a lot of things are fixable, but sometimes the fix is to be out of it. And I think ultimately, you know. People love the idea of like, oh, well, they want to marry me. So it's forever and it's perfect. And oh, like we're married. So we're in it and it's forever. But, you know, I, I also know a lot of people who made better decisions for themselves when they walked away from it all. So at the end of the day, you got to do what's best for you.
0: Exactly. Well, thank you, Lexi, once again for coming on. Make love sure. You. And for anyone listening, make sure you get your Breakup Breakdown podcast brunch tickets. It's in the episode description. I'll see you whenever you decide to tune in next.